everybody and welcome to another episode of Jags Across the Pond official podcast. Today it's myself Jamie and I'm joined with a special host, special guest Britt Jag. Britt Jag, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, obviously, as I wasn't as we wanted this week, but it's still been still been quite a positive week, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little bit of a mix up from our normal schedule. Robson is unable to get onto a podcast this week with us. Um, so it is myself and Brit Jag who will have a little talk about our 29-21 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday. And then we'll then have a little look forward to the Texans game, obviously this Sunday coming up. So firstly, Brit Jag, you were very confident after last week's podcast, oh sorry, in pot last week's podcast, that um, we were going to come out with the win. And after the first quarter, I, I thought you were correct because um, we looked like an amazing, amazing team. Um, we could have been 21 nil up in that first quarter. Um, we were playing very, very well indeed. Um, and then it seemed to kind of slip away from us and we conceded 20 points in the second quarter. Um, a few things didn't go our way, which we'll kind of go in and discuss in a moment. Um, but what was your initial thoughts off the back of that game on Sunday? Um, so, yeah, I think it was this point after the start because we did go ahead. Um, so obviously 14 nothing, but there's still a lot of positives to take from it. Um, especially when you take into account the the conditions. And I know, obviously, same for both teams and everything like that, but it isn't it isn't conditions that the Jags are used to playing in as much as someone like the Eagles, who will encounter kind of that weather more frequently. Um, maybe not to that extent, but... Um, and we, we held the, obviously, the number one ranked team in the NFL, the only undefeated team in the NFL. We really gave them problems. Um, even at our, I'd, I'd say that's our absolute worst. I, I can't see us playing much worse than that, especially on offense um, from QB play. I don't think we can play much worse than that. Um, and we were still in it come the final drive. So, yeah, for me, it's still positive to take from it. Obviously, it's this point to lose in a game that was, thought, was looking like we could, could get the win. But uh, brush ourselves off and go on next week. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, yeah, we came away, we lost by eight points. But when you break down the stats and you have a further look into it, all things considering, we were still in that game up until the very last drive. Um, if you'd if you'd said to me four weeks ago before the season started, after week four, we're going to be two and two, um, I would have bit your hand off and would have absolutely took it. Um, I think the, the one big point that I kind of took away, and I think I mentioned this to you, I'm kind of off air, um, is how actually we could, we could be 4-0. Um, the two games we've lost has kind of been our own fault as such. Um, so that will probably lead us on to the, the, first, the first kind of fault and flaw that we'll discuss today. Um, and the main reason, in my opinion, for that loss, um, we obviously conceded five turnovers on the day, um, four of which were fumbles from Trevor Lawrence. And I said then there was one interception. We did have one one of our own turnovers very early on. Uh, Andre Sisko um, came in with a pick six, which gave us our first score. Um, but ha- let's have a little bit of talk about kind of what happened and what why we think it happened and how we're going to move forward from that. Um, what was your kind of initial thoughts, initial kind of impact from kind of what happened with these turnovers this week? 
Um, yeah, it, obviously, in the past, we, me and you ourselves have had conversations about concerns with Trevor Lawrence's ball security, and he, he has been prone to a fumble or two. Um, obviously, this last week was extreme. Um, it's not like we, we see that week in, week out, and it and it's not. I don't think it's going to be. It's not like it's, it's not like this is going to become a big part of his game. I don't think. Obviously, the the conditions do have to be taken into account. Um, and like I mentioned before, the inexperience of. I mean, you can practice with a wet ball. It's not going to be the same as handling it in really absolute torrential downpour. Um, and yeah, I think it just showed inexperience and. Um, Obviously, the the two there were two completely unforced fumbles. The the one where he was running out to the side, um, and the one from the the, the snap straight from the snap. Um, which those two, obviously, I mean, you've got to put that down to weather. That the, the as much as you can't, you, it's not an excuse, and it needs to be worked on and make sure it doesn't happen again. There's no other excuse. It's not like Trevor Lawrence is fumbling the ball week in week out in those positions. Um, so yeah, there's that one. Then there's the the other two were were kind of at least they were forced. If that makes sense, at least there was a reason yeah, there was for a it. Um, yeah. I think I was on the one of the last drive. I did after watching it back. Jawan Taylor was just kind of beaten straight off, um, and he and kind of was the pressure was on Trevor right near enough immediate. So I think that that one is a little bit more excusable just because the pressure was on him almost immediately and he had nowhere to escape. Um, but yeah, it's obviously, it's, it's not great. Um, the pass, the, the interception was, was on him. It was a poor read. Um, I believe it was Agnew. He had wide open. He was yeah. anticipating, uh, I think it was Bradbury that got the interception. He was anticipating he was going to follow Jones and he didn't. He, cause all Trevor did absolutely signposted the whole way. He just watched Kirk and, I think it was probably because he was trying to get Kirk's confidence up because I, I didn't actually realise this, but he, Kirk's been actually given three drops on the day from catchable yeah. passes, which is obviously extremely unlike him. Um, and again, I think that shows the conditions. Like a, a normally, normally, normally Trevor's most reliable receiver to have three drops on a day is, unha- is unheard of. So um, I think it was an element of him trying to force him into the game. And yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it has been talked about as well that the ball seem, didn't seem to have as much zip, which we, we've quite often talked that Trevor's passes often have too much zip on them, if anything, yeah. um, was floated a bit. And maybe that was weather-related as well. Maybe it slipped out a bit too easily. I don't, I don't know. But it that was that was just poor. But you're going to get those occasionally. Yeah, um, obviously you briefly mentioned Kirk there. Um, he had nine targets on the day and only took in two of them um, for 60 yards in total. So, yeah, he there were seven that obviously he didn't complete. Um, and, yeah, I think there was numerous issues um, within that game. Um, weather is is a big part, but um, obviously the, the, the flip side to that is Philadelphia Eagles were also playing in that weather as well. Um, and Hurts, Hurts is, is it his second year as well? Is it second year? Uh, third. Oh, it's his third year now. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, he's had a little bit more kind of experience with kind of the weather and stuff there. Um, and, obviously, the conditions and stuff um, over, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. But um, my only kind of, my question, well, my only kind of thoughts over that now is, does that now put more pressure on our O-line going forward? Because does that mean we're going to have a lot more pressure coming up to Trevor Lawrence's way to try and force him to fumble a lot more now? 
and that's probably question one that I'll probably ask going forward and a Texan's going to be kind of looking at that this weekend um, and looking into try and force Lawrence to kind of make some mistakes and fumble the ball again um, and then secondly um, that you can answer if you want um, is I mean I don't want to ask this question but how how many more mistakes do you allow to happen to keep Trevor Lawrence in a game um, before you kind of look at obviously making replacements and stuff because obviously four um, four fumbles in a game um, I think it's the first time it's happened I'm sure I read somewhere since like 1970 something um, so it's it's not very common for the same the same individual to fumble a ball four times in a game um, I mean I, I don't want to ask that question or oh, when do you when do you sub him out kind of thing but um, when do you start asking those sort of questions um, that if someone's just not having a game or not having a day, obviously we've um, obviously got CJ on the bench. Obviously he's, he's quite experienced in himself. Um, do you think there was ever any kind of thoughts or talks um, that we maybe should have brought him in for a couple of snaps or a couple of drives on the game? I, I don't think so. And I think the big reason for that is that the game was still in touching distance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we were getting absolutely blown out at any point. Um, it was all st- always still within that distance. And, I mean, also, the, the Eagles were having issues as well. Um, obviously, not turnover as such, but you had um, Goda um, drop the... Yeah. Well, it yeah. would have been a touchdown pass. And so... And... It, uh, yeah, so I feel like... I, I feel like the, it was just that the, the conditions were taken into account when thinking about that. And realistically, in that situation... I still think Trev gives you the better chance to win over CJ um, because at the end of the day, obviously he is, he's QB one for a reason. Oh yeah. And you don't want to take him out unless you absolutely have to. And if you've still got a shot at it, then he's going to give you, even in that situation, he still gives you the best shot. Cause obviously towards like with the, the third touchdown, um, the third score for the Jags, a couple of big plays there um, yeah. still. And, and, Obviously, CJ, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of he's okay and he's he's not bad as a backup QB, but you're not sure if he's going to give you that that kind of that's that kind of place. Yeah, yeah, I totally get where where you're coming from. Obviously, the only reason I even asked that question was because um, let's say James Robinson fumbled the ball four times, he won't get another snap. Obviously, we'd we'd play we'd be playing someone else. Um, so that that's the only kind of reason I'd ask that question. I'm not in one mind even insinuating that that's probably something that we should have done um but let's say the worst happens and that happens again this week um do we need to look at obviously making some some quick adjustments to kind of get the ball moving a bit because we didn't have the ball for a lot obviously due to these um turnovers we actually didn't have a lot of possession at all on the game so we couldn't actually get our offense moving and when we did like you said obviously that third touchdown that we scored was was a fantastic touchdown um fantastic drive a couple of big plays um and we really controlled um the eagles at that point um but it was just those couple of obviously turn well them four turnovers that we had um then four fumbles restricted our play we only had 20 minutes of possession um and we gave the eagles just under 40 minutes of possession so there's no way you can win a game with just 20 minutes of possession um so it's still crazy to believe that obviously we still stayed kind of within a score the other thing i kind of just wanted to briefly kind of go over before we move on to looking at the defense side um was obviously i know 
half of the argument is because of what I've just said. We were restricted due to the amount of minutes we played. Um, but we really struggled to kind of have any sort of game plan. So we watched the Eagles rush 50 times. We only rushed the ball 19 times. Um, wh- why do you think that is? Because obviously James Robinson's obviously led the pack for us um, this season. However, he only managed to get eight carries in the day um, for a total of 29 yards. Um, why do you think that's so different to, to basically what the Eagles did to us? I think a big part of it is the um, the Eagles' defensive line really caused our O-line problems um, and they were really struggling to get the run game going. Um, it just wasn't... I it just wasn't proving successful. Um, they, they had the odd, the odd play here and there, but even for, for like the likes of James Robinson to be getting stuffed as quickly as he was, they were... The, the Eagles' defensive line was playing very well. Um, and really kind of crushing a lot of the the rush attempts, well, the, the rush attempts we had. Yeah. And I feel like, um, obviously Doug said it kind of a, a few times now that he his plan is kind of, th- you, well, you throw to win, uh, throw, you throw to score and you run to win. So his game plan is that he wants to predominantly throw earlier on in the game and get to the point where you can kind of run down the clock. And, and obviously a big part of that, running down the clock and the time of possession is from the Eagles running the ball 50 times like as well. It's not just the turn. It was obviously the, the, amount, the amount of run plays they they made absolutely killed the clock as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, it wasn't, I don't think it was so much we got away from it. Is that we obviously, as the time was kind of going on, it was, it was almost forced upon us as well. Was it, we needed the, to pick up the pace and get some points on the board because obviously other than the first quarter we didn't score again for quite some time mm-hmm. um, and I suppose the only other drive that kind of was looking successful was the interception when we kind of got up a lot quite away and then it was intercepted um, but yeah no I just it just didn't seem to be getting going for the for the run game um, I don't know if there were concerns Obviously, early on in the game, uh, obviously James Robinson had that fumble as well, um, yeah. and was recovered. I don't, I don't think he was pulled or anything like that. I think it was just the, the mindset that okay, we need to score some more points here because the offense is stored, and the run game isn't really doing enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just despite the conditions, obviously the, the conditions really, I mean. Obviously, we'll talk about Trevor's turnovers, but it it seems somewhat unfair to kind of put it on the callback as much as we did in that situation because you're asking for trouble trying to get him to throw it in those conditions with the like the really bad the, the wind and rain. It it's not ideal throwing situations, and the Eagles obviously recognise that. Um, they they were quite limited for long shots down the field. That any passes they did make were fairly short. Um, and as you said, ran, ran it 50 times and it was just working for them. We couldn't stop the run. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, the Eagles played it very, very smartly in the end, considering they were nearly 21-0 down. Obviously, they were 14-0 down. Um, they stuffed our run very quickly, which then forced us to adjust and wanted to go in with a few um, passing plays. Um, and we just, we just couldn't capitalise on them. And that's where kind of the issues happened. 
Um, I think for me personally, I think, yes, we probably should have revisited that run again because all it would have taken was kind of one one breakthrough because it would have happened um, because you watched our you watched our O-line in the last kind of three weeks and we've made gaps, we've made walls, we've we've made room and made space for them. Um, however, we, we did really struggle against um, a very, a very good um, Eagles defense this week in kind of making those gaps and forcing it through. Um, I think I think you're right when you say about um, forcing Trevor to throw more than probably what he should have done. Um, I think you're absolutely correct. And I do think that we probably should have started to try and run the ball a bit more. But it's very easy for us to sit here and say that when we sat here looking at kind of the stats now. It's very, very easy to say that. Um, so let's move on to talk about kind of that that defence then, because there isn't a great deal more. There's no kind of real standout kind of players, um, except for Agnew. We can we could probably mention Agnew. Obviously, he had he had a pretty decent day. Um, he did um, take a few decent runs. Um, and obviously, he got a score as well. Um, actually, you know, he scored two, didn't he? Um, so he got both our scores um, and obviously he, he completed four from six targets on the day of a total of 50 yards. So um, he was he was much improved and he he definitely was in for another touchdown um, if it wasn't for one of the fumbles. But what we'll do is we'll move on to kind of look at that defence now then. So um, very tough day in the office for the defence and probably probably the hardest offence they've probably come up against this season. Um, we've already discussed kind of the the amount of time that um, Eagles had on the field, which was a total of 39 minutes and 51 seconds in total, um, which led to the Jags having um, 50 rush attempts come against them. The Jags defense, which, um, from what I've what I've kind of read, that's the that's the highest amount of rushing attempts against Jaguars defense in history. Um, so that is a, a massive, massive amount. Um, there was 27 carries from Miles Sanders for a total of 134 yards. And he averaged five yards a carry for a total of two touchdowns. Um, their QB hurts as well. He had 16 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. And Gamewell had himself five carries and also got himself a touchdown as well. So a total of 210 yards with an average carry of 4.2 yards um, per carry. How how did they get this many yards? Because obviously previous weeks we. We we done a, we done a great job at stuffing the run. We played against a couple of um, really good running backs, um, and we've managed to stuff that run. And I think we were going into the game as um, the best kind of run defense on the season so far. Um, but it all seemed to have just kind of fell apart for us. Where did it go so horribly wrong this week? Um, I think it's it's a combination. The um, it's not just our defense. I, I think a lot of credit's got to go to the Eagles O line as well. Um, yeah. They were very, very good, and and obviously they're very experienced. Um, obviously got Kelsey as centre, and he's he he's kind of one of the one of the best um, in the business as the, for the centre position. And they highlighted it on the on the game tape a few times. Like he was just the way he was his movement and on the other creating gaps was phenomenal. And it's also the dual threat with you didn't just I I, I lost track of how many times I saw. It was Mars Sanders and um, Hertz in the backfield. And uh, we'd rush and someone would get through, but they'd tackle the wrong person because you didn't know which one was going to be taking it. Um, and, that, and that's obviously, that that's kind of credit to how much of a threat Hertz is with his legs. Um, it's literally like having another running back back there. Um, yeah. We just didn't know. and We were taking out the wrong person and then the other one's gone. Um 
Is it the? And obviously, uh, I didn't actually realise when I was watching it live, but um, Fatakasi um, left the game with an injury. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what time he left the game, um, but that that made a big impact because obviously we are quite thin on the interior of our defensive line, um, especially for run stuffers. So I think the kind of all of those things kind of contribute. Um, they they they're a very good rushing team. That that's that is what their that's their identity. That's what they're they're going to do. Um, there aren't many teams that play like that that offer that kind of threat. I think probably the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are probably the other, other obvious team. Obviously, we face them later in the year as well. Um, but I don't think any other team has a a QB that has that much of a involvement in the run game. Yeah. I want to ban QBs running because <laughs> we struggled. Um, I hate QB sneaks because we fumbled one. <laughs> and also they did, I think they did three or four QB sneaks in the end to obviously extend the driving plays. Um, and I want to ban QBs running. That's kind of the petition I want to start um, because we really, we really, really do struggle against that option there. Um, and yeah, I think you're, you're totally right. Um, we, we really struggled with dealing with that kind of dual threat um, obviously between between Hertz and between um, Sanders as well so um, it really really struggled with that um, but also we can't we can't discredit um, their their kind of receivers as well AJ Brown um, pulled in 95 yards on the day um, Goda obviously he also got himself 72 yards as well and then when you look at Sanders as well, he did also put a shift in at receiver. He got himself 22 yards off two, two receptions. So um, they did still also manage to get 204 receiving yards, uh, which is more receiving yards than what we picked up. Um, so we can't kind of discredit that they also still had that option as well. Um, obviously, they didn't have any receiving touchdowns. Um, however, um, I think Hurts... He learned very early on, um, obviously with Cisco there ready to kind of bullhawk, um, he learned very early on that um, Cisco was there and we were there to kind of take any of those kind of deep balls on the day. Um, and obviously, especially in those conditions as well. Um, so when we look at our defence, um, it was totally different this week. Um, whereas obviously I think for the last two weeks, obviously I've said who my, who my best player is. Um, he was kind of unseen. So Devin Lloyd, um, we didn't really kind of, I don't really kind of have any highlight highlights or standouts, to be honest. I mean, he still managed 14 um, tackles on the day, four solo tackles, um, but just just didn't really see him kind of being as present this week. Um, and I think a lot of other players obviously also struggled to kind of break that line and um, to kind of really excel um, this week as well. We did record a couple of sacks. Um, Josh Allen obviously picked up a sack this week. Um, and got Sis and Smoot, they picked up half a sack each themselves as well. So did pick up a couple of sacks. Um, but our leading tackler this week was obviously um, Alua Khan. Um, he had 16 total tackles and 12 of them were solo. So that, that says a lot about how much was kind of coming up that middle um, all game. So there was, a, there was kind of a lot to take away, a lot of learnings. But what I did still like to see was um, that they were still hitting hard. They were still looking to try and strip that ball um, and they were still still kind of playing as kind of hard as they can, um, to be honest, um, which, again, we haven't really seen over the past kind of couple of seasons. We've seen them kind of tap players and kind of hope they go down and 
Um, I, I could just remember a play from um, CJ Henderson um, the season before last where um, he literally completely forgot to tackle a tackle a guy and obviously he just ran straight past him. Um, but we don't not seen any of that. There is kind of they are. I think they're a lot tougher our defense, and um, I'm hoping they can kind of come back much stronger and much much tougher this week. Um, how do you think they're gonna? How do you think they're gonna move on from this now? So um, obviously you mentioned obviously the injury. Um, I do believe that he is still currently out, and we're currently working on him um, day by day. Um, but how do you think kind of we move forward and we kind of just start again basically? Um, if I'm honest, I don't have a, a lot of concerns. I think the team themselves, the compared to kind of teams of years gone by, the Jags, um, this team has fight, which I just don't feel like we've had for a, a good few years. Like the fact that we pulled it back to a one-score game, because obviously after our first 14, they kind of went um, on a bit of a run in the well, in the second quarter mainly. Um, that kind of got them a lot of their points, got them up to 20. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, they kind of just pushed ahead uh, to 29 um, with the field goal and a touchdown. But um, they went for the two, I believe, and they missed. Um, yeah. The fact that the defence, even though they had a bit of a struggle in that second quarter and kind of gave up a lot, they then came out third quarter and really kind of dug their heels in and fought back. The offence, despite their struggles, they still came out second half and like I say other than the interception they were on a good drive there they, and then they also went and still scored another touchdown whereas in in games gone by um, we would have just kind of accepted that okay oh, they're in front now and they would have scored and scored and scored until they started bringing their backups out and so I, I think that that alone shows that I think we'll be okay because we'll, they would have got in the locker room and they would, they'd be pissed they weren't happy and and obviously going into a divisional game, it, it's huge. Um, we haven't beaten the Texans in, I think it's eight straight games. Eight straight um, games, 2017. Yeah. So I, I don't think they'll need a lot of motivation or a lot of tri- like things changing. And I, th- I think the I think the attitude's there to, to see that they've got a fight and they want to win. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that kind of... I think we draw a line under this game. I think that does conclude um, all we kind of have to say about the Eagles and Jaguars game. And that kind of moves us nicely on to looking at um, this week coming forward, where we host the Houston Texans. Um, I don't believe this one's on TV this week. So we're back to our normal six o'clock schedule as we are playing at home. Um, and it is a pretty special game for, for us this week um, as it's um, it's Tony Brasselli's Hall of Fame kind of induction, kind of recognition game at the uh, in the TIAA Bank, um, where I think he gets himself a Hall of Famers ring. And a lot of our ex-Jaguars legends are there this week as well um, in support um, and basically getting involved in getting behind the Jags team and obviously getting behind the kind of Baselli party and the Baselli moment. So this is an absolutely massive game for us this week. Um, one that we certainly need to go out and win. I know we need to win every game. However, I think this one's extra important, obviously, for, for Baselli um, and obviously for the team. Um, the Houston Texans are currently 0-3-1 in the division. Um, they they do have that kind of that kind of that kind of hold over us and they've beat us eight games straight. 
Um, it's not going to be as easy, I think, as as the bookmakers kind of has us in as at the moment. Um, I do remember rightly that last season, I think we went into favourite. We went favourites in both games by a touchdown. Um, and obviously that first game of the season, we we got battered. Uh, I think is the best word to say. Um, but who do we need to look out for this week? Who's who do we think? Who are the Texans fresh? Do you know much about the Texans team this year? So I think the a couple of threats mainly. Um, Brandon Cooks, for whatever reason, he seems to love playing against the Jags. Yes, he's um, good. We can't we can't stop him for whatever reason. Um, I think I was listening to Drive Time earlier, and I think in the last uh, kind of I think he's played us seven times in his career, yeah. and he scored six touchdowns. And he average his average is like over a hundred and something yards per game. Like and regardless he's to us, yeah, he just he just runs all over us and, and we can't stop him um, so I think for for him it's yeah he, he just loves playing the Jags for whatever reason he's got it in for us so that's that that'll be the kind of aerial threat um, to watch out for and obviously whether, whether or not Davis Mills can actually get to him um, get the ball to him is another matter because obviously he's been a little bit hit and miss so far this season um, in regards to their run game, obviously the rookie Damian Pierce has looked really, um, really solid so far, and he looks to be a big threat for them. So it'll be a good chance for our run defense to kind of get themselves back on track against a, a solid running back and and show kind of what they're made of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you talk about um, obviously Davis Mills, he's actually not far off um, similar stats to. To Trevor Lawrence, we've obviously passing yards. Um, I think he has himself just over 900 passing yards through four games. So that's not too bad. He has had four interceptions, um, but he scored five touchdowns. I think having that threat of Brandon Cooks there, um, I think our secondary need to be need to be ready um, and need to be need to be alert for that whole game because it happens quite quite often, quite regularly. Um, we do allow 100 yards to a receiver every single game, um, like it happened against the Colts. Um, it happened the week before against um, Washington. And I think it also happened against the Chargers as well. Like There's always a wide receiver that picks himself up 90 to 100 yards as a minimum each game. Um, so a couple of obviously the threats that we are looking out for, obviously Brandon Cooks um, and Nico Collins as well. I think he's picked himself up over 200 yards so far. Um, through four games as well so that's certainly something that we we need to look out for and our secondary need to react to that very very quickly um Damien Pierce as you mentioned he has he has looked really well um he's run quite well this year um I think he's over 300 um rushing yards which is more than um what James Robinson has got for us and obviously he's our leading um Russia um so again another threat another thing that we do really need to really need to look out for um the Texans have have struggled in their games this season. Um, as I've mentioned, obviously they are zero, three, and one. So they are definitely out for for a big win. Um, they need a big win, and this year, see the first game of the season. Obviously they came out with that 2020 um, overtime draw with the Colts. Um, they then lost 16-9 to the Denver Broncos um, the following week. They lost 23-20 against the Chicago Bears in week three. And last week they lost to the Chargers 34-24. So when you look at when you look at stats like that, you you could argue well we beat the Chargers. 
um, but the Chargers beat the Texans. Um, I think one of the keys to success for the Chargers last week was their run game came back and they managed to establish their run game. Um, Eckler had had a great game for them um, and picked up quite a few fantasy points. That's the only way I remember, and that's the only way I know is because I picked up quite a few fantasy points with Eckler this week. Um, but that, that's probably one of the channels that we probably do need to explore and what we need to look at um, going into this week. But I think we do need to... We do need to sit back and have a think about this game and not just think it's going to be another easy walk in the park because I just remember week one last season, um, we thought we were playing against a really bad Texan side um, and then we got absolutely trounced upon. Yes, we are a completely different side to that now. Um, circumstances are slightly different, um, but I do think we need to we need to take this with, with, with respect um, and just understand that it is a divisional game um, and it will go massively in our favour if we can go 2-0 in the division um, going into um, week six, week seven. Obviously, going forward, that will do us a world of good because we are still currently top of the AFC South um, and we hope to kind of remain and kind of keep it that way um, all the way through till we play London and hopefully hopefully through the, to the end of the season. Um Looking at kind of the injury report um, so far, um, at the time of recording, um, which is Wednesday evening, um, there was three players on the injury report for the Jaguars. The only one that didn't practice this week is the person we've mentioned, which is Fatukasi. Um, however, the Texans have got a few more players um, on their um, injury report this week. Um, there is five or six that um, didn't practice um, going into um, going into Thursday practice, I just remembered. I said it was Wednesday night we recorded. No, it's Thursday night is what we're off right now. That's what day we're on, and that's what day we're recording. So, um, I think it's going to be a good matchup. Um, where do you see us finishing this game? So, when I last checked, we were seven point five um, favourites. Do you think we win that game, and do you think we cover that spread to beat them further more than seven point five? I, I think so, personally. I think uh, the team will be coming out with um, a bit of a point to prove after the... especially, And I think Trevor will, will have a point to prove. He will want to put some points on him, I think. Um, I'm going to say we're going to win uh, 24-10. Um, I think we'll get a, a nice few touchdowns. Um, and also, I, I, I'm just really... I don't know if you saw, but they released uh, Chris Conley this week because... I said our old feeling he was going to score on us because he always seems uh-huh. to he seems to have a good game against us uh, since he's left. Um, and I know obviously you were a big fan of his. Absolutely not. Never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you a look now. And yeah, we and the spread is currently sat at seven points. Um, but I'd like to think that that we could do well. Obviously, I, in the back of my mind, I am sitting there and thinking that they are they're our killer team. Unfortunately. Um, but I think there's there's too many things in our favour this week and I think we need this win massively and I think that that home game with the Tony Baselli um, kind of induction to the Hall of Fame and the ring kind of the ring kind of ceremony type thing um, I think that's kind of going to help us um, I think tickets are still available to buy so I don't think they've sold out yet um, however um, I do think it's going to be quite a big atmosphere. And quite a good one um, in Jacksonville this week. So um, the over and under on that game is 43.5. Um, do you think that's pretty fair? I mean, that that kind of falls well in line with 
Usain 24-10. Um, I'd like to think that we could probably score a few more this week because um, you think we scored two touchdowns in in the first quarter last week against the best team in the NFL. So I'd like to think we could score a few more against the Texans this week. But um, I think we just need we need to come out with that win, go three and two, um, going into um, week six. Yeah, so I, th- I think yeah, I, it's it's going to be a real statement win if we can get it. it it's because this is the point now that we either cement ourselves as a genuine, genuinely good team, or if those two weeks, you know, the Colts and the Chargers were flukes and due to the injuries. So I think this is our chance now. Um, and obviously, the thing is, it, it is still the Texans. A lot and a lot of rankings there still they're ranked as the worst team in the NFL. So it's not going to cause any big headlines if we beat them, um, but it's got the potential to be quite negative on our reputation um, if if we don't if we don't put them to bed and and even put them to bed quite convincingly because if we scrape a win, people will still kind of be looking at oh, oh well okay yeah we beat the the Texans by three points and at the end of the day the win is what matters but I feel like this. The, the, the kind of the league is, and around the league they're looking for a kind of a, almost like a statement win yeah yeah I think you're right um, and we need that win this week if we want to remain top of the AFC South because I think the Titans are playing the Commanders this week um, and obviously after watching the Commanders after after week one um, they haven't played very well at all so um, if we don't beat the Texans this week the Titans will probably leapfrog over us and um, go Go top of the division. Um, the Titans are now on a win streak of two after losing their first two games of the season. Um, I think that's probably our biggest threat this year um, is Titans trying to battle with us um, for that top of the AFC South. I think you could probably probably agree with that. That's probably our biggest threat. Um, I mean, after what we did with Colts a couple of weeks ago, we do play Colts again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so, yeah, I think Titans is, the, is kind of the biggest threat for us. Um, that probably concludes where we're at today. Um, is there anything else you wanted to to go over? Any more news that we've kind of you've come across this week to report? Um, the only thing that it's just to be honest, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it before. I have is the news of the boat's retirement. Yeah, sad times. Very very sad times. <laughs> um, Twitter. Um, I've seen lots of montages of Bortles over the last 24 hours and it's been an emotional time um shame we couldn't get him back in but um as obviously you've said you've listened to drive time today myself included um he's retired um i think was at the age of 30 i think is that how old he is now 30 um we have a nice healthy pay package um with a nice paycheck um and yeah probably on a beach somewhere sipping tequilas as we speak having a great time um it is a shame um, that he couldn't find his kind of footing elsewhere um after after the jaguars um because he is um, as people keep on saying he, he was a fan favorite um he was a good down-to-earth guy um yes he made mistakes but he owned those mistakes um and he also he had a lot of guts and he's still that guy who led us in 2017 to that to that great playoff run and nearly the Super Bowl, so he is that he is that guy that I think will always remain there um, as 
kind of a top tier QB for us. So yeah, sad time that he's retired. Um, but we must move on. I was very surprised that you've mentioned Bortles as you've never been a biggest fan of his. You always show yeah. me videos of his bad throws. It's it, no, it's um, as much as much as I like to wind you up. I mean, obviously he had his issues at QB, um, but like you say, he just kind of struck me as like a really kind of really likable guy, um, and he had his moments. Um, like I say, it wasn't probably as regular as as we'd have liked, um, and there were some absolute nightmare moments with him, but. I think he would have played well this week in the in that weather against the Eagles. <laughs> he would have ran all day himself, mate, and you weren't stopping but, him. <laughs> but um, I, I'm still I'm still surprised that he didn't find himself a nice little position as a as a QB two somewhere for like a long period of time. Because even if you didn't want him as as, as your QB one, which to be honest, basically you're probably not building a franchise around him. Um, obviously, the 2017 season was great and. But obviously, a big part of that came from the defense, and 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 he was kind of he was average, kind of run of the mill, and he certainly wasn't bad that year. But I think he, I'm I'm still surprised that he couldn't find himself a QB two spot and kind of get paid nicely just to sit on a bench and just come in in emergencies because I feel like he's got enough ability to still come in and 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 win you a game here and there, especially on a on a half decent roster. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right, especially when you've seen some of the quarterbacks that have come into to play um, for kind of injured quarterbacks over the last kind of couple of seasons. I think he could have had himself a spot somewhere. But now that's the end. That's the end of an era for him. Um, and that's the end of our podcast as well today. Um, first, I'd just like to thank everybody for, for tuning in and listening to, to our podcast, listening to myself and Britt Jag waffle on um, about our loss last week and, and also looking forward to a little bit this week um, hopefully you're continuing to enjoy it um, our listening numbers are, have been great so thank you very much to all the loyal all the loyal listeners and also any new listeners this week as well welcome um, hopefully you'll pop us into your um, into your favourites and save us on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify's or whatever that might be and if you listen to us on the car on the way to work or whatnot, um, we'll be we'll recording once a week um, Brit Jack has kind of made himself comfy on our kind of sofas at the podcast now um, and I presume he'll continue to to join us week in week out um, as we get through this this season where I think there's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows um, so Brit Jack do you want to just tell us a little bit more about your socials yeah sure so I'm at Brit Jag on Facebook and Twitter um, we have uh, Instagram page uh, at Brit underscore Jag and a page that I don't think that myself or Jamie really plugs enough. We've actually got a Jaguars UK fan page that's it's mostly run by Jamie, I'll admit, but I, I kind of step in every now and again just to help out a little bit. Um, so if anyone that's not in there, um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Is it Jacksonville Jaguars UK buy and sell page? Yes. Yeah. Um, so you'll get a load of opportunities, people, people selling their merch in there. Um, signed collectibles, um, all sorts, trading cards, whatever you're into, or even just general Jags discussion. Um, it's a pretty, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's, it's probably it's the biggest one in the UK. Um, so definitely check that out as well. 
yeah definitely um good remember of plugging that one um i believe that there is a nice signed full-size helmet coming up tomorrow um someone messaged me today and there's going to be a, f- a full-size signed helmet coming in which i think will um interest a lot of people um so definitely get yourself in there um and get get involved that's where kind of we have a lot of our chats um and that's probably where we'll discuss our information of our um potential meetups in london um obviously london games is only um three weeks away now at the end of the month um myself and brit jag will be there representing just like we were last season um we'll be probably there across the majority of the events whatever um the jaguars uk decide to put on this year um and if they don't we'll we'll look at arranging um kind of getting a meetup somewhere and all of that information will be shared in that um in that kind of social casual group so definitely have a little look out for that um, and if you can't find it or just drop us a message um and we'll point you in that right direction and get you into there um our socials are at jags atp on facebook and on twitter we're at jaguars gb so thank you all very much again for tuning in and listening this week and hopefully next week i mean i was still quite positive this week i mean i wasn't very down that we lost this week but hopefully we can be a lot more positive next week and discussing another jaguars win so thank you all very much and speak to you all again soon